the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW, the show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown. I'm proud to have as my co-host Mark Honf of Pacific Private Money, one of California's fastest growing mortgage investment firms, and Patty Cohn of Pacific Union International. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for three tanning certificates given away during this show. Now, the, uh, certi- excuse me, the certificates are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Check them out. Uh, today's trivia theme is comic book trivia. We'll have Ooh, some yeah. fun with that. All right. Also, uh, check us out on uh, bestofinvesting.com. We're also on television, Comcast Channel 26 and AT&T 99, Saturdays at noon and Sundays at 3.30 p.m. I think they changed our time slot a half an hour. Okay. Uh, Mark, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. Why don't you start us off? Well, we do. And, uh, you know, everyone's still talking about the election. And it's it's just amazing. I mean, I look at my news feed and, and uh, I've got a Google news feed and a couple of other news feeds. And it just seems like, you know, seven out of ten articles have to do with um, Trump this and Trump that <laughs> with respect to segments of the economy and areas that, you know, he made so many promises when he was running uh, for yeah. president that, you know, everyone's wondering, OK, well, what's he going to do first and what promises are going to keep? Is he going to build a wall? Is he going to really do a trillion dollars in new infrastructure, which would have amazing impact on the construction and yeah. building industry? Um, is he going to roll back Dodd-Frank? And we're going to talk about that uh, in, in the coming segment. And what would that mean for lending and banking? And, uh, you know, and I, I cover a lot of real estate articles uh, this last week, and, and uh, there's a lot of guesstimation as to what uh, his presidency is what the impacts could be for real estate. But here's the bottom line is nobody really knows anything no. right now. It's just all a, a, a bunch of amazing conjecture. And it's actually kind of exciting. Um, you know, the news cycles were, you know, pretty one-sided for yeah. the last six months. Just, you know, ugly rhetoric uh, back and forth. Well, and, the thing and, is, he hasn't, he hasn't done anything yet because he know, hasn't he's not even president. He's yeah. still 60 days away from yeah. being president. Wait until he's a president. See. Wait, yeah, wait and yeah. see. Wait, if he does something screwy, then we, then we go out and protest. Yeah. And he also promised everything, but he also promised nothing. Except, I mean, clearly the wall, but he's, he's backing down on a lot. So, well, and and he, which and is good. Which is good. Yeah. Here's what I like. He's, he's going to do a trillion dollars worth of new infrastructure but he's going to cut taxes. There you go. Uh, so, and he's going to repeal and replace Obamacare, but he's not going to do away with, he's not going to take the people out uh, uh, who are currently qualifying with the existing conditions. And it's just, there's this, all this stuff. Nothing seems to add up. Or and sense. get us out of debt. That doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, I mean, if he cuts a bunch of social programs that are 
you know, for all intents and purposes, handouts. Well, he's so like the speak. David Blaine or, or Chris Rock. Uh, uh, Chris, David, Chris Rock? No, not no. Chris. <laughs> who's the other? There's the, David Blaine's one of the uh, magicians anyway. Oh, oh, a, David Copperfield. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know. When you kept saying Trump, I kept thinking we were playing bridge. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I'm kind of hopeful for is that, you know, he's got a lot of money. He's got a lot of fame, be it good or bad. Yeah. And so, you know, what's left in it for him? Well, he doesn't want to go down in history as being a terrible exactly. president. Exactly. And so I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm, and I'm not a big Trump supporter per se, but, you know, I was just thinking, gosh, you know, maybe he'll actually try to do something good, you know, because. Yeah. Some good legacy. will come out of it. Yeah. And so he just frankly doesn't care what people think. And there's a lot of value to that. There. So he yeah. doesn't have to. Well, well this whole election politics. to me wasn't so much being a Trump supporter because, you know, he didn't even win the popular vote. Right. It was. Well, I mean, he, he only lost by 200,000. Yeah. It was almost a statistically it, insignificant. Exactly. It was it was a virtual tie. Yeah. In it, terms it, of voting. Well, so it was an anti-establishment. Right. To, you know, it's like, let's get somebody. It's sort of like when when Schwarzenegger took over for governor. Or as Michael Moore said, he's basically given the finger to the establishment. By yeah. Voting. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. What uh, uh, what I found interesting is so I had I met with uh, several investors this week who came in to who wanted to know um, you know what I thought uh, uh, would happen with yeah. in terms of like investing in our mortgage pool fund which at Pacific Private Money we've got a mortgage pool fund where people participate in something called mortgage investing which we're going to talk a little bit about uh, later on the show today how you can get uh, between seven and eight uh, percent on your money through uh, mortgages on Bay Area real estate but some of my existing investors are are starting to call Call and say, well, what do you think? You know, what what's the impact? Uh, where are the fund yields likely to go? And uh, what's the likely impact on real estate? And one woman who came in to talk with me said, "What do you think is going to happen if he gets impeached?" Now she seems to. She's. It's funny. He's he's not even, he's not even president yet officially, and she's already thinking. Well, he's. In her in her opinion, she thinks yeah. he's highly likely to be impeached. It's like for doing for, for what, what? Yeah. for just being a, a dick. I mean, yeah. I mean <laughs> right. pretty much. Stop being a Richard. So yeah. in, the, in the realtor side of things, Patty, what what do you what do you what your friends and peers and, and what kind of conversations are you hearing about uh, the the what ifs and the in the future of the marketplace? Really, honestly, there's not a lot of conversations. Realtors are really focused on just their next deal, and yeah. the these. Um, I mean, they're not political. Not so much, you know. <laughs> Um, anyway, so it, it's the market has changed and it's really yeah. slowed down, and it started changing in like mid last year. And that's it's, not it's Trump's going fault. Toward a yeah, it's, Bush's, no, it it's Bush's fault. <laughs> right, it's, it's, it's always exactly, Bush's fault. Always, um, but Reagan, no. Anyway, yeah. but um, anyway, so it, it, I thought, well, maybe after the election, it'll pick up a little bit. But of course, it's the holidays. But we're headed into that long wave of a buyer's market because we just had a very nice long wave of a yeah. seller's market. Yeah. So it is healthy. But, um, you know, and what's how is, you know, if, if Trump does things to deregulate lending, I think it's a good idea. Now, now I'm not talking about softening guidelines for pre-qualifying or for qualifying, okay. but some of the guidelines where you have to wait three days now to oh, do yeah. something. So it slows down the process. It, it doesn't. They're not effective. Gotcha. So if he gotcha. can do take some of these things, things like the new TRID 
that came into effect last yeah. year and some of the other things. It, it would make a, a big difference if he does really put some money into an infrastructure. That's more jobs. That's more yeah. people that can buy houses, theoretically. So in some ways, it's, it's going to be good. Gotcha. Okay, tell you what, we're going to cut to our first quick commercial break here. Before we do, we want to quick make a quick mention. Whether you're local or entertaining visitors, check out the new Cityscape Viewing Lounge at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square for 360-degree views that are out of this world. I've been there. They are 360-degree views, and they are out of this world. You see Golden Gate Bridge on one side and uh, AT&T Park on the other. you got to check that out. Okay, uh, comic books is what we're talking about here. What super, these are actually kind of hard. What superhero was born with the Curse of Kordax? Now, you've heard of the superhero before. Mm. I've never, I, this is Curse a new one. Kordax. All right, the first caller with correct answer is going to win that free Tan Bella uh, tanning certificate. Call 888-912-1190. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Patty Cohen. First commercial trivia question we have was, what superhero was born with the curse of Kordax? What is Kordax? I don't know. <laughs> Thor? Was it Thor? Uh, no, Aquaman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Oh, Kordax lets you breathe underwater. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They, that's, that's good to know, uh, the Patty. For Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, Mark, you had... Uh, I was going to talk about uh, a little bit about Dodd-Frank. So one of the things, one of the promises, one of the many promises that uh, Donald Trump has made was that he was going to repeal Dodd-Frank. And so... What is Dodd-Frank and what does that mean? Um, so I've got an article from the Wall Street Journal that says, uh, What dismantling Dodd-Frank could do? The market bump from Donald Trump's win is peanuts compared to what regulatory relief could bring. So it, uh, I've got a few highlighted here that I, th- that I thought was pretty interesting. All through his campaign, Mr. Trump said regulatory relief for the economy was a priority, including the repeal of Dodd-Frank repeal or a thoroughgoing reform of that so-called destructive law is certainly a key step toward an economic recovery, according to this writer. Uh, Dodd-Frank was signed into law in 2010, and it was based on the idea that insufficient regulation, particularly of Wall Street, had allowed a buildup of subprime mortgages, a housing bubble, and ultimately the 2008 financial crisis. And the Democrats back then, who controlled Congress, um, uh, it, it, after 2008, they acted quickly to follow out with uh, uh, the, uh, this huge bill uh, that was uh, sponsored by Mr. Dodd and Frank, uh, hence the name Dodd Frank. And it became the most restrictive financial legislation since the New Deal. Uh, what was also kind of sad about this particular, you know, huge bill is that there was no significant debate in Congress about whether the cause of the crisis had actually been correctly identified. Oh, interesting. Um, And uh, interestingly enough, a study in 2014, years after Dodd-Frank was put into, uh, was was begun to be implemented, uh, showed that uh, in 2008, more than half of all mortgages in the U.S. were subprime or otherwise risky, and 76% of those were on the books of government agencies. Oh, yeah, they were. So... This leaves no doubt, according to the study, that government housing policies and not a lack of regulation created the demand for these risky mortgages. But 
by the time this study came out, it was too late. Yeah. So again, it's it's you know the the typical uh, government acting to fix a problem without actually understanding what maybe caused the problem in the first place. So hmm. um, in any in any event, many believe that uh, Dodd Frank is one of the reasons, or should I say, the the new restrictive policies on banks and lenders uh, w- have been responsible for his, a historically slow recovery. From the financial crisis, and here's a sampling of some of the things that uh, uh, happened as a result of Dodd Frank. You remember companies like GE Capital? I don't know. I do. Yeah, in fact, we used to borrow from them a lot. Um, one of the uh, one of the uh, new laws uh, um, uh, governing banking and banking regulations uh, affected companies like uh, GE and GE Capital. Uh, GE realized that its huge financial subsidiary was wilting under uh, the Fed's new controls and restrictive. Uh, guidelines. Um, seeking an exit, GE wound down GE Capital, eliminating from the market an important source of funding for small and innovative firms. And then you had the Volcker Rule, another uh, Dodd-Frank provision, which prohibited banks and affiliates from any trading of securities for their, own, uh, for their own account, even though there was no evidence that this activity had any role in the financial crisis. So you had a situation where small banks and and other credit sources for small businesses and startups, uh, due to uh, facing all of these new and costly regulations, basically, instead of hiring loan officers, they had to let their loan officers go and hire compliance officers. And then there was the huge new government uh, entity, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, uh, which is a... um, uh, with no uh, uh, government oversight whatsoever uh, and not, ap- uh, not appointed uh, a- by, the, um, uh, by the president, uh, controlling a large part of these new regulations. So anyway, um, uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Now, what's interesting about, and you and I, um, Edward, have talked about Dodd-Frank quite a bit, uh, some of these uh, regulations that uh, restrict banks really don't get down into the weeds, uh, which is what um, I, being a private money lender, Pacific Private Money, uh, you've heard, uh, listeners have heard me say that Dodd-Frank has actually been good for our business model. And and it has been because not so much uh, because of um, what they've done uh, to banks, but particularly to mortgage lending, things like um, uh, certain types of lending are now considered predatory, predatory lending practices like interest-only loans or uh, um, uh, no-income declaration or stated income loans, um, they, uh, lending on just on the equity of your home or equity stripping, which, uh, again, is kind of strange because, you, you know, if you want to borrow against the equity home, why can't you? Well, uh, there was belief that, that lenders and mortgage brokers were actually taking advantage of people with equity in their homes and selling them loans that uh, would, you know, strip the equity from their homes. So they made that illegal. So I don't, I don't know that a lot of those, those regulations, some of them very small and, you know, almost invisible at the, at the top political level, I don't see those as being repealed. Repealing of Dodd-Frank might loosen up some of the higher higher level you know banking restrictions but in terms of the actual lending practices i don't see us going back to the days of you know closing your eyes and if you can fog a mirror you can you can get a loan so i i really do think that um um and it's interesting that uh 
Janet Yellen was quoted as saying that she was not in favor of repealing Dodd-Frank because that's what got us into trouble in the first place. <laughs> and, and she's an extremely yeah. smart woman. Yeah. And for those words to come out of her mouth, I just want to sma- slap myself. It's just like... It could be political. You know? Well, it is. It's absolutely yeah. political because no, it's not what got us in this in, in, in to 2008 in the first place. It's absolutely not. It was uh, uh, loose. Um, it was... Basically, lending guidelines and and, and uh, uh, well, she's sort of throwing that that generic term Dot Frank, yeah. it kind of blanket over all of those sort of things, right? Right. Well, it's almost now you know when you say Dodd Frank, it's almost you know unless you say what is it about Dodd Frank yeah. that you disagree with that you want to repeal because it was a twenty five hundred page uh, bill. Uh, much of which hasn't even been implemented yet, and now with. Uh, Trump coming on as president probably um, never will. If Hillary had gotten in, was it was it just expected that she would just follow suit and implement what was left to get? That implemented? was the expectation. So those of us in the mortgage lending industry um, talking about uh, what was likely to happen with the Clinton presidency was more of the same from the, yeah. the past eight years. And you're exactly right. They uh, we were. I, I was actually you know concerned that. Not only would they not roll back some of the um, overreaching uh, financial regulations, but they would actually continue to enact more and more and more and make it even more difficult for companies uh, like ours to make good loans to people who have have an actual need for the money. And um, yet um, maybe we can't we we might be restricted from making that loan thanks to these laws. All right. Tell you what, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We uh, come back. We've got a couple of email questions for each of you and uh, we'll we'll see how you answer those. Mm -hmm. All right. First of all, uh, come aboard Hornblower Cruises for a one of a kind Thanksgiving experience. That's kind of nice. Go uh, go on there for Thanksgiving with spectacular views, live entertainment and a gourmet holiday dinner all on board. Gather your family and just relax this Thanksgiving. They'll cook the turkey and even do the dishes. Book your reservation today at hornblower.com. Okay, so here's our second trivia question. What Chester Gould character made his first appearance in the Detroit Press, excuse me, Detroit Free Press on October 4th, 1931? Okay, so what mm. Chester Gould character, not even sure who Chester Gould was, but um, character <laughs> made his first appearance in the Detroit Free Press on October 4th, 1931. So think about Siri. 1931. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Call 888-912-1190. Don't touch that dial. The Best of Investing will be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt and Patty Cohen. Second trivia question. What Chester Gould character made his first appearance in the Detroit Free Press on October 4th, 1931? We're talking comic strips. Think about 1931. What? What? If I tell you the name, so, you'll go, oh, yeah. Is it Blondie? No. Mm-hmm. Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah, Dick Tracy. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. See, I knew, I knew you'd eventually know that. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so Patty, we get an email. Uh, it says, when does it make sense to buy a house, quote, as is? Well, it's a great question, and it, it depends on a lot of things. One is, what are you buying? If it's a condo built in the last 10 years, you don't need inspections. If it's a property on a hillside 
falling down. Clearly, you can see there's dry rot everywhere, and it's you know 40 years old with you know neglected deferred maintenance. Then you want to get some inspections. So that's one thing to consider. The next thing to consider is one of the major things that have changed over real estate over the last. 20, 30 years is that properties in residential are really prepared for market. So they're detailed, they're staged, they're ready. Inspections are gotten beforehand. People, um, sellers will um, do something with those and little little things they'll fix here and there. They'll credit back. So if you walk in and a seller has already gotten an inspection from an inspector that you know or that your realtor trusts, you might not have to get another inspection, although many people do. Um, so that's another thing. But if you, generally speaking, if you're buying a single family home, you, you should get some inspection, unless, okay. you know, depending if there is one. And then thirdly, um, when does it make sense? But another part of that is when do you have to? Meaning uh, that, you know, there's 15 offers. Yeah. People will remove contingencies up front. They'll do whatever they can have to do to get it. Now we're slipping into a normal, normalizing a buyer's market where people will get inspections whether they want to or, you know, whether they feel like they need to or not just so that they could get some money back in escrow okay. because it's a buyer's market. But for the past 10 years, people haven't been getting that many inspections because there might be 15 offers. So it depends. And, it de- you know, first of all, what are you buying, you know? Okay. And uh, how do people get a hold of you? Oh, it's Patty Cohn with Pacific Union International, 415-722-4842. Okay. That's Patty Cohn, C-O-H-N. And Patty is the number one realtor in Marin for a reason. So even if you're not in Marin, give her a call. All right, uh, Mark, question comes in. It says, how does it make sense for you to make short-term loans? I guess this person's heard you on the show and, and how you've mentioned that you do make some short-term loans as a lender. So I'm president of Pacific Private Money, based here in the Bay Area. And Pacific Private Money is an alternative source for real estate financing. We are a non-bank lender. We use private capital to make our real estate loans. And we focus on being a local lender, a regional lender. We lend only in California, but our focus is in Northern California. Um, The private capital that we use is from uh, investors uh, throughout California. Uh, You need to be an accredited investor in order to uh, participate in what we refer to as on the show as mortgage investing. Uh, There's a couple of different ways you can participate in mortgage investing for high yields on your uh, savings. Uh, One is to invest in a mortgage pool fund like the Pacific Private Money Fund that we manage from our offices. Uh, The Pacific Private Money Fund uh, in 2015 paid out a little over 8%. In 2016, we're on track to end up with just under 8%, maybe about 78 7.9% distributed yield. Uh, of course, past performance is not a promise of future results, but the private lending industry has um, uh, actually is really come into its own uh, in the last eight years post-financial crisis as a result of the banking community, as a result of Dodd-Frank making it uh, much harder for banks and conventional lenders to make loans. And that has made it so that more people, uh, it's still not the majority. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a small, uh, but significant percentage 
of the borrowing public finds itself in a situation where it can't use bank financing to uh, close on a particular real estate financing. That might include someone who basically is out there buying, fixing, and flipping real estate. That's something that banks used to do with um, regularity and now don't do as much anymore. Or it might be someone who has a fast funding need. They want to close quickly on a home they're trying to purchase to move into, and they want to compete with cash buyers. Uh, or uh, maybe they thought they had conventional financing lined up, which a lot of people do. They're pre-qualified. They get into contract. They put their deposit down. They do the inspections. And then they find out that their conventional financing isn't going to close. It's been delayed. And not every seller is... Um, going to give you an extension and certainly not an extension for you know multiples of weeks especially if there's a a, a buyer's uh, waiting uh, uh, maybe behind you a backup buyer so we get all kinds of requests for uh, loans that uh, banks and conventional lenders can't accommodate and one of the interesting aspects of the loans that we make at Pacific private money is that for the most part, they're short-term in nature. Uh-huh. And so the um, the listener is asking, you know, how can we, you know, make money with doing such short-term loans? I guess the idea being is, sure, we charge, you know, between 8 and 10% for one of our loans, uh, the interest rate, that is, on the note. And if you only keep the note for six weeks or two months or even three months or four months, you know, seems less like than a lot year, of, It seems like a lot of work. It seems like to, a lot of work yeah. just for, you know, it doesn't ma- almost doesn't matter what the interest rate is because, yeah, you know, exactly. you're, you're not, the money isn't working for you for that long. Well, there's a second component to the loans we make, and that is the origination fees, uh, the points they're sometimes called. Um, in, in conventional financing, oftentimes you can do a very low or no point loan. That's you know, it's pretty common. Uh, the bank's making its money on the note rate because they believe you're going to hold that note for you know for many many years, maybe even for the whole thirty years. Um, but in in private money financing, we charge you know significant fees uh, upfront uh, or not upfront, but at at closing, uh, we deduct our fees from the loan proceeds, and uh, those fees. Um, uh, basically boost the yield that we earn on short-term loans. So um, we may loan out the money at a note rate of 8 or 9%. We might have two or three points uh, charged to the borrower at closing for that loan. Uh, and if it's paid off uh, soon, we just turn around and re-loan that money out, uh, and we continue to charge those points uh, and collect that rate of interest, the note rate of interest, for you know however many days the loan is outstanding. But we do that, uh, we keep revolving that money over and over and over again, and we're able to produce for our investors a, a, a very um, healthy and attractive yield that right now is averaging you know, close to 8%. And so there really aren't a lot of opportunities out there to um, earn yields uh, between 7 and 8% reliably. So this is one of those few areas. And for more information about this, because we can get really complex about, uh, or really deep into the weeds, about uh, the aspects of mortgage investing. So for more information on uh, investing in individual notes or our mortgage pool fund, uh, go to our website, pacificprivatemoney.com. That's pacificprivatemoney.com. Or call us, 415 883 
800-242-2150. And I've got my own uh, money in there myself, so I can attest. So do I. That, yep, that's yeah. right. You do. All so, three of us. Yeah, so I can attest to that fact. We're our favorite investors. Yes, we are. <laughs> okay, here's our uh, third uh, trivia question. What newspaper does Peter Parker work for? Remember, who's Peter Parker? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Right? Okay, what, what uh, newspaper does he work for? The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that free Tan Bella tanning certificate, which is good for three tanning services. Call 888-912-1190 to answer that question. Don't touch that dial. The best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Edward Brown here along with Mark Hunt and Patty Cohn. Last trivia question we have here is, uh, what newspaper does Peter Parker, i.e. Spider-Man, work for? Do you guys remember? Daily Planet? Daily Bugle. Bugle. Oh, so I yeah. wrote Bugle or Planet, so I guessed wrong. <laughs> yeah. Daily Planet was Superman, right? Oh, yeah. that was Sir Clark Kent. Uh, was that's right. Oh, right. That's, okay. that's close enough. And uh, by the way... So um, I win? Do you win? This is close enough. Close enough, yeah. No, you're not a millennial. Yeah, yeah, no, you, you only get half your body tan with uh, uh, half a certificate. Okay. Uh, and by the way, you know, um, uh, Christmas is coming around, and if you go on our website and click on paintball, we have some paintball tickets, uh, severely discounted uh, price. So good. check Christmas that out. Is coming. You couldn't tell that from my mailbox or the stores, could you? No, I, 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 <laughs> even before Halloween, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, next July 5th, Right after July 4th, yeah. suddenly they're going to start putting all the Christmas stuff. Yeah. yeah everyone's got to be first online. Exactly. So, Patty, you've got some interesting uh, commercial stuff to talk about. Yeah. I mean, commercial real estate, although we all think it might not r- really apply to us or affect us on a day-to-day basis, it really is a huge part of the economy. It's an $11 trillion sector. And they're starting to see a lot of defaults on, on commercial loans. Huh. And... You know, Any specific sector? Uh, Apartments? Not, uh, not com- necessarily. You know, industrial? Oh, no. Well, some of it is apartment buildings. They're seeing a lot more vacancies. But mm-hmm. part of what's going on is that the loans that were made in 2006, 10-year loans, ah. are coming due. And those loans were really shaky because commercial, just like residential, they, they were just giving them out blind. Okay. So those loans worked for the people. And even though they have equity, they can't. They can't do anything. They can't refi them. They can't do anything with them. The, the properties themselves are not producing well enough to get someone to refinance or the, the person's credit Well, the whole good. commercial refinancing sector has been tightening. And again, that was something that was a little bit unexpected yeah. that uh, it's it's been quite a bit harder to get and qualify for commercial loans. And I've also seen right. that in, in the press as well. And I don't really know what's driving that. Um, because they don't they don't have the same you know they don't have the same excuses conventional mortgages do where they blame everything on Dodd Frank and Trid right, uh, right. which are real which are real reasons why it's uh, more difficult now to get conventional uh, residential financing but on the commercial side it's uh, it is troubling yeah commercial residential is very difficult um, I mean for example in the wall wall of maturity here I'm looking at a graph in 2012. The volume of commercial mortgage-backed securities loans slated to mature mm-hmm. in 2012, it was $50 billion. In 2017, it's $120 billion slated to mature. Hmm. Wow. Huh. Yeah. And, and does it, uh, uh, in, in that article, does it indicate you know whether some of those loan to values are still relatively high? Because oh. that could be a reason why. No, no, no. They have, re- there's equity there. 
Uh-huh. This is exactly what's saying, despite rising property values. Ah, so there could be some foreclosure opportunities coming down the pike as well. Yeah, I would imagine <laughs> big ones. With every uh, hint of bad news comes the silver lining, right? And then, and then to to um, expand on that, with Trump, I mean, will this mean ex- rising interest rates? Mm-hmm. And so it's even going to be more difficult for people to survive really or to get these kinds of to qualify for yeah to qualify for yeah well that's just uh that uh and and you know certainly a lot of real estate investors who play in the commercial sector and and you know we're talking you know office buildings and other large uh commercial properties i mean you're talking you know millions and hundreds of millions and there are you know there are companies out there that with uh, sitting on hordes of cash that could certainly you know take advantage of that so there might be an interesting uh, repositioning of of commercial property in the in the near future yeah i mean it's the eighth year of expansion in Mm -hmm. the commercial sector so who knows where that's going but it absolutely affects all of us as it trickles down well and and certainly i know i've read articles where uh, subling, subleasing activity in areas like San Francisco has been picking up, and that would be indicative on maybe a slacking demand for office space due to um, you know maybe the tech companies not growing as fast as they had imagined, or VC capital not being as as plentiful or not being um, awarded to as as many startups, um, which isn't, you know, which is not related to commercial financing, but just relative to the um, what might be down the pike for uh, the tech industry. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's sometimes you hear about, you know, is tech in a bubble is uh, or is the tech industry. Now, I don't think it is. I think the tech industry is solid right now. But it's just interesting that, um, you know, the ebb and flow of uh, of vacancy and uh, and now sublease activity. Yeah. I mean, and and in terms of office, not as much office is needed as people are are working from home. So according to this article, it's mostly about this is to come. So you've got, you know, the 120 billion about to mature. You've got rising interest rates Mm -hmm. and you've got um, you know, the eighth year of expansion. So what's going to happen? It's not so much of what's happening now, but it's like what, what they're seeing about to happen. Well, and as you said earlier in the show, you know, you are a residential realtor, top realtor in Marin County, and so you see uh, a lot of activity, and you're, you're plugged in. I mean, you're with Pacific Union, which is one of the leading uh, uh, companies in, in Bay Area real estate, and you're saying that the market's clearly slowing down. You've been saying that on the show now for the last, probably four months yeah. solid, if not five months. Yeah. I remember when you came in during the summer one one show and said that you were actually kind of surprised at almost like someone flipped a light switch and we went from um, you know low days on market to stuff all of a sudden just kind of sitting. And, and now we're really seeing um, you know people have to price properly and stuff isn't flying off the shelf. I have properties that uh, we have bought to fix and flip in the East Bay, and the East Bay has been continued to be hot, still is hot. But uh, I've got one property that I'm actually surprised I haven't had more offers, and it's been 30 days on the market. So certainly yeah. not flying off the shelf, but uh, a cooling off. A, a you you you'd coin the term normalization yeah. of the marketplace. Uh, again, not a bad thing, but um, you know we we in the real estate business have been spoiled by um, you know a a, a rather robust seller's market and uh even though there's nothing wrong with a buyer's market i i gotta admit it's a a little bit disconcerting Well, we need it i mean it's not a it's not a sharp 
peak. It's not a, you know, stark anything. It's just yeah. a glide. And we need a glide. We've had a glide. And like anything in life, it's there's ebbs and there's flows. Right. Tides, love, anything. So, <laughs> you know. In com- life, there are cycles. There are cycles. <laughs> there are just cycles. And we're in that cycle of a, of a you know, five years of a seller's market. We're gliding into a buyer's market. Gliding. Yeah, gliding. We're gliding. Yeah, we're gliding. And it's yeah. very normal. It's very healthy. Um, we couldn't sustain what we, what we had. So it's fine, but we just need to be aware of it. It's kind of like I remember biorhythms in the 80s, you know. It's yeah. like, oh, I'm in, I'm, having, I'm in a low trough of my biorhythmic cycle. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, also had to do with mood rings. Yes. Oh, yeah, that remember too. Those? Yeah, yeah, mood rings. And lava yeah. lamps. And, yes. uh, <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> I know. Bring back the 80s, man. Yeah, that's yeah. right. All right. So, so, like, so slowing market, yeah. I think I think it's good. Uh, you know, certainly the, st- the statistics that I'm watching for uh, year-over-year appreciation continues to um, you know, slide towards I think a more healthy and sustainable growth rate, five to six percent. Um, uh, and again, that's that's actually a trailing indicator. This is just based on information that's still coming in from the summertime, and here we are in November. And it wouldn't surprise me if we saw uh, even kind of a further slowing of of year over year appreciation in, in many Bay Area markets. Uh, are you, uh, Patty? Are you seeing actual? Uh, are you seeing people having to uh, price adjustments, lowerings, re- reductions in in the marketplace yet, or is it just? Uh, Days on markets going increasing. Well, it's both. I mean, again, you got to remember these are emotionally attached homeowners that that over a kitchen table can decide they they next door got this, so I want ten percent more. So it you know not everybody listens to their agents. So therefore, <laughs> what happens is it's kind of they bipolar. Don't? So you get um, buyers who are kind of see this schizophrenic market. And, and my house and is scared. much nicer than the neighbors. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right. Yeah. So you know, I don't mean to say that we're not getting multiple offers. We're getting a lot of them oh. still. All right. Okay. Tell you what, we're going to cut to a commercial break. When we come back, Mark, and I want to ask you for a deal of the week. Stay with us. For more information on this program, call eight 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 nine twelve eleven ninety. That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. Now, back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to the Best of Investing. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hunt and Patty Cohen. Last, uh, let's see, we already asked our last trivia question. So, uh, Mark, give us a deal of the week. I understand there is something in, in, uh, in the foothills. Yeah, the foothills. Yeah, so, you know, we talk about on this show um, many of the unbelievable loan requests that we get at Pacific Private Money. Not unbelievable in that, you know, the person is just like a financial disaster and is hoping that, you know, someone will bail them out with a a wish loan, which we really don't do that at Pacific Private Money. Hard money used to be back in the day, uh, the lender of last resort. Uh, If you had any equity in your home and you were in financial distress, you went to your local hard money guy, you paid, you know, 10 points and 12%, you got a $100 loan, and if you didn't pay, you know, if you didn't pay him off, he came a collecting. Shocked off your knees. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, nowadays with uh, the, you know, new Dodd-Frank financial reforms and banking reforms and anti 
predatory lending laws that have been enacted. enacted. Um, you know, banks uh, uh, don't just make loans to anyone who could fog a mirror. In fact, uh, they, you know, they look at a lot of different uh, things to make you qualify now. But, but there's just so many unintended consequences from some of these uh, what we feel are overreaching banking regulations. And not that we mind at Pacific Private Money because actually our business has been uh, booming the last few years uh, because of people who get um, caught up in uh, a, a banking nuance uh, or a, non, a, a conventional lending nuance that uh, gets them declined for, for you know, regular bank, you know, 4% financing. And so uh, this particular person who came to us, um, his mortgage broker uh, who brought us the deal and said, hey, I, I can't close this transaction. Could you please help uh, us, help my client buy this property, and then um, it'll give me some time to get him a conventional bank loan. I'll refinance and pay off your hard money loan um, at Pacific Private Money. Uh, but here was the guy's situation. We got his package, and on his tax return, the man made uh, his his adjusted gross income was over one point five million dollars, <laughs> of which he paid six hundred thousand dollars in taxes. Wow. That's a pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty good income. Why would a bank not make a loan to this guy for him to buy a home? And the reason was the guy owned too many properties. Do you remember the too many property rule that uh, started to come up years ago? And it it impacted mostly real estate investors and flippers. Well, it still kind of does because he is a active real estate investor and he owned too many other properties. And so it made him unappealing to... The, the banks that uh, the this his mortgage broker was pursuing are, are they fe- are they fearful loan. that it's like the domino theory? You know, he he'll lose one, then he'll lose the other, and the other, and the other. Is that the theory? It well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even really know what the theory is because it seems absurd. I, I think what it is is they're really um, it it has to do with the fact that they're selling these loans in the secondary marketplace, uh, and then the, the loans have to fit within a certain algorithm, and there has to be certain income and other. Other um, attributes to the loan to make it uh, uh, to make it fit within uh, yeah, the, the resale may, maybe his guidelines. Debt, maybe he's got too much in debt, even though he's got a lot of assets. He, he doesn't own all those rental properties free and clear, and so maybe he has too much debt. That that could be the reason. You know, they just they obviously they assign a risk factor to this. So the bottom line was uh, we were able to close that that loan for him, and uh, while he didn't relish paying you know nine point five percent and and a couple of points uh, for for the loan that we made him. Uh, the fact of the matter is, it's there's no prepayment penalty. He can pay it off whenever he we, he wants. We helped him capture the property that he wanted to buy, and now his mortgage broker has the time to adequately go out there and find a lender. And that seems like a pretty conservative loan for you. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Now, uh, for more information, uh, give us a call at Pacific Private Money, four one five eight eight three twenty one fifty, or go to PacificPrivateMoney.com. And Patty, again, if people have real estate questions for you. Oh, yeah. Residential real estate, Patty Cohn, that's C-O-H-N, Pacific Union, 415-722-4842. All right. We're going to cut out. Here's our thoughts for the day. If if nothing sticks to Teflon, what makes Teflon stick to the pan? Hey. Hey. Good. And why doesn't glue stick to the inside of the bottle? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. Maybe we'll have answers then. Uh, (laughs) We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best of investing. So long. 
You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader. AM 1220 KDLW. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.